And here they come. Louth, O'Brien, O'Neill, Conlon, White, Coleman, Bean, Riley, Cunningham, O'Donnell, Lynch, McDonnell, Rose, Smith, Blood, and me and... Breaks inside to Stephen White. The one man that can do it, and he's done it! A goal for Louth. Paulo Hanlon, a vital touch. Now he's Stephen White to his right. This must be it! It is! I don't believe it! Kildare must be out of the Leicester Championship. At midfield, wearing number eight, the first all-star ever from Louth, would you welcome Paddy Keenan. Arguably the most popular of tonight's winners, Paddy has led from the front for Louth since his championship introduction in 2003. Here's a chance for Rooney! What a goal by J.P. Rooney! And then it happened. Bean sends in from the sideline and Sean Cunningham finishes it at the net. Loud are in front. And here it is. Loud are All-Ireland champions for the third time. Welcome to the Death of Loud Football Podcast. Oh, actually, oh, I did that already this year. Um, this is actually the Leitrim Talking Points Podcast. Oh, Lordy. Right, so before we talk about the talking points of the game, we'll uh, talk about what happened in the game. Loud started off with the best possible start they could have wished for. It was exactly the same carry-on from the London game. We're confident, it was a dry, lovely sunny day in, in uh, Carrick and Shannon. Great, great, great sod on the pitch, hard ground ball sticking to our forwards we're, we're on top around the middle of the field uh, William Woods gets a free after Rowan Holcroft gets fouled started brightly again Rowan Holcroft uh, Woods hits the free misses it from the next kick out they go with a short one chip it over um, their full back's head into Conor Grimes intercept hand pass it into William Woods and he buries it to the net lovely best start you could have got then followed up by Kieran Downey, another fellow who shone in London, and he punched the ball over the bar. And he was really on top in the early stages. And you thought, this is this is great. You know what? We're, we're, I actually think we're gonna we have this game won already. And then we, we were playing we were playing quite well at the back as well. We we had, um, Derek McGuire sweeping the stage. We had James Craven sweeping a couple of times. They were cutting out balls. They looked organised. They looked really competitive. It looked look, look like Leitrim weren't going to cause us bother. Emily Mulligan was on the 40, they made a switch, he was named 13. Number 14, Rin, was in the middle of the field, so they had a couple of forwards inside, none more so than um, Damian Moran started full forward, and then in the corner was Ryan O'Rourke. O'Rourke got their first point, and uh, Mulligan got a point as well. Lovely stuff, Grant. Um, Woods was replying with freeze, banging over the freeze, was finding his range. Um, we were we were playing good foot passes into um, Connor Grimes, and he was linking up the play very well. He's a focal point for the attack. Downey, like I said, was buzzing, um, and Decky kicked two good points from long range. We we're full control, and their fullback gets a black card as well. 
So this is all great. Um, then Dara Rooney kicks a good point for them, kind of an early indicator of how things might go. But all in all, we're full control, full value. We were, I think we were one five to three up. We're five points up. Um, when Decky notched over his second point, a long range score from free. Then we kind of just it just kind of malfunctioned. We uh, missed goal chances. Um, Conor Grimes palm one to the just wide from a high ball in. Um, William Woods struck the ball at the post. Um, still looked confident, but we kind of just were just malfunctioned a little bit. It was about twenty five minutes into the half. One attack, I thought Ronan Holcroft was fouled. He ends up tackling the man, pulls up, gets a black card. He thought Grant will 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 handle that. Their wing forward Gallagher gets a point. Then Jack Heslin gets a point, eats back into the lead a little bit. Um, and then J- James Craven gets a red card. Just absolutely throws a complete spanner into the works. Um, he was coming out with the ball like he did against London, drove out, out the field, got done for over carrying. I don't know whether he did over carry, I'd like to see it in the Sunday game again. He got over carried, the crowd jumped and reacted with the turnover for Leitrim. Um, his man Damian Moore gave him a shove in the back incensed Craven turned around stuck his head into him didn't fully headbutt him around. just kind of lift the head in kind of nudged it in a little bit right in front of the referee referee was in this sort of mood where he was giving cards for everything no moody we have history where I think he's the chap who sent uh, Ryan Burns off last year last year's qualifier so he to the letter of the law but I suppose you have no complaints red card and then boring as good villains go it gets the next point to bring it to a two point game we did control get our composure back Tommy Dornan kicked a point good point and Woods got another free to make it 1-7 to 5 1-7 to 6 that meant 4 points in it but with a man down with the heat we'd ended the half very poorly they did not three points in a row Dara Mooney again kicked another point slipped in through our cover they were just finding that like we had a good organised defence but we didn't really have that kind of pushed up it was it was, it was was men back but just weren't pushing right out on our forwards what ended up happening was their forwards on the edge of their, their uh, defensive shape ended up being forwards so they're not the best tacklers so Mooney slipped the cover kicked the point Mulligan kicked the free Evelyn Mulligan just Louis Suarez lookalike seeing as his World Cup time and then he kicked a nice point at the end to leave a point in at half time but these three points uh, before the break were the start of an actual nine unanswered points for uh, Leitrim we completely and utterly lost away after the red card they came right out from the second half, um, all organised. We put Decky in wing back um, for to cover um, the sending off of Craven. Uh, Donor in, I mentioned him earlier. He he, they just they just took over the second half right from the throw in. Rin caught the ball, ran up the field, kicked the point. Mulling got a free. O'Rourke very tricky. They were causing serious havoc in their full back line. Um, Mooney got another another point as well. Mulligan free. And then more and again, they uh, they just were right on top of us, and we just couldn't get the grips of them at all. In the heat, with no cover, with no man back, 
uh, we had no wife to completely dominate us around the middle of the field Rin was br- whatever he didn't win in the air he broke Tommy couldn't get going Galli Galli's kick outs were good they were it was a new t- it was a new kick out technique it was uh, we'd all bunch in the middle and then break to the wide break the wide positions but they were able to just hold their position and just break it break it on us and they were picking up every break because obviously they had more men on the field than us William Woods did stem the tie with a free and you thought right they might we get foot back in the game they're only still only three points ahead of us but they went on to kick three points in a row more and more and, and Heslin the midfielder pushed them further and further ahead and um, that that kicked them to 18 points to 1-8 so it's just like score after score after score these are all for play I think they end up they end up finishing with 21 points for play Um. Wood, uh, William got another got a 45 that left a 1-9-18 then Mulligan with another uh, point uh, Woods hit a free again but then they just emptied the bench and their, four, their, their men come on Donald Flynn one of the subs kicked two points uh, Moore and again Moore ended up with six points Mulligan ended up with six points O'Rourke ended up with three points uh, Heslin added another he got two um, and one of the sub Flynn got two and we were just throwing on sub after sub after sub trying to stem the tide but it just wasn't happening it just wasn't happening the heat and everything and the players looked like they weren't trying but they were trying it was just system errors like you're down to 14 men things aren't going right for you they have all the momentum and everything's going right for them We, it wasn't even frustration uh, a full complement of subs used and um, Bevan gets a black card Never Carlin gets a black card so we end up ending the game with 12 men they kick 25 points Decky gets one for play or only score for play in the second half we only get 5 points for play but there Mulligan gets a black card for them their right half back gets a black card so they end up with 14 men to me it was it was nearly oh the ref is the ref's gone a bit too mad here with the black cards I think he's uh, he's overdoing a little and it just finished up a miserable, miserable day for Loud. We just, it was just, you couldn't believe it. Uh, what, we were six points up, so a 22 point swing. It's just pure, like, morale sapping, really, and a horrible way to end a horrible year. That's my Loud Leitrim match report. Now we'll have a listen to hear what Pete, the Loud manager, for now had to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'll consider um, my first season in Louth. I'll, I'll look at it and um, I will make a decision which I think will be in the interest of Louth football and in my own interest as, as an individual person, obviously. Um, but, I mean, the, the the county board have been very, very good. Uh, the training facilities in Louth are excellent and all that type of thing. And whatever we asked for, we got. Uh, it, was, it was disappointing that so many players pulled out of the panel at different stages. I have to ask myself, what is the sort of uh, attitude uh, of club players to the county team? Is there that real desire to play for life, to make the sacrifices, to put all the things aside? But when you get so many people who, for a variety of reasons, are, are leaving the squad, then that, you have to question that. You know, you have to question that on people who didn't commit at the start of the year at all. Uh, so. I'll consider all of that um, and I'll consider I mean, what potential I think is there uh, that's right but I mean 
you know, you look to Division Three next year, and the teams is not you could Longford and you've Down and you've got Carlow and Sligo, and these are all quite formidable teams at that level. Um, so I mean, I have to consider all that whenever I say, well, look, is is there is there the, the, the are the players there to to commit and to be a, a, a real force in Division Three and to build for the 2019 Championship? You have to look at that very objectively. Uh, and very pragmatically. No point in being romantic about it and saying all oh, the players that I don't know if the players are there or not. I don't know live football well enough. So I'll be weighing up all those things over the next couple of days. Uh, and I'm sure I'll talk with one or two of the county officials and uh, whatever decision I make or whatever decision they make, <laughs> then we'll, we'll take them there. Sending off is justified. Um, he did it spur of the moment. James Craven has been a very committed player all year. He's improved enormously. He's a, he's a good fella. And uh, it was just a, a moment of uh, madness or impetuousness, call it what you like. But it, it had a major bearing on, on the dynamic of the game and what happened thereafter. But these things happen. Players are only human. And flash of the moment, spur of the moment, and he does it. And then it's too late. But that's gone. Yeah, we were a point up at half time, and I mean, they took the game by the throat. Uh, they had three points on the board after less than three minutes of the second half. That gave them, gave them a two point lead with an extra man and with momentum and with energy. The crowd getting behind them, and then thereafter, anything they touched turned to gold. They were shooting from all directions over the bar at the other end. Ours were just tailing wide, and in that second half, we we engineered probably three good goal-scoring opportunities and were lucky, certainly, that two of them didn't go in. Uh, and if one of those had gone in, it may have changed the dynamic of the game. It didn't. And I would say this, that, I mean, over the course of the season, and I've, you watch closely all these games and we things that happen in National League matches, and, and this team has a very little luck. Honestly, very, very little luck. I could point to different matches where we things turned to matches in the opposition's favour. And again tonight, because we're 20 minutes tonight, the team was playing exceptionally well, uh, moving the ball well, getting good scores, playing with energy, and then maybe bad decision-making for shooting, letting them back in, then the sending off, and the whole thing is turned on his head. And that's football, and it's very, very, very disappointing. It's, it's heartbreaking, it's devastating, and when you go out of the championship, and you know when you go out maybe by the margin. But in fairness, if people say that after the Carlo game, I was maybe critical of the players, they didn't show desire, they didn't show enough maybe ambition in that game that was fair enough I think tonight that wasn't the case they kept battling they kept battling against what were impossible odds nearly but they kept going and I think that's that's a, a, a tribute to them and uh, something that, that I think they should be proud of Can I the yes yes I wouldn't uh, you couldn't disagree with that because the statistics would show that maybe tonight you might make a case for the reason why that was because in the heat you're a man down the dynamic of the game has changed and certainly leaded them had more power and energy and but you, you know and i know if a team gets up ahead of steam then everything becomes easy the scores are coming and suddenly running and supporting is a lot easier for the team that's chasing the game so you have to look at it maybe in a wee bit more depth just to say that there was a second half meltdown the night on the scoreboard there was but we kept going and we just couldn't really match their power and pace and the man down of course it was, it was only one man I mean it wasn't as if there were three men 
in excess. He had to run us and run on us in the second half. Yeah, that's true. We had we had to change the shape um, in the sense that Ryan Burns is is a target man, uh, and then um, we pushed took Connor Grimes out to that middle third, and it was our intention to maybe keep him in the middle third, given we were a man down, try and crowd that area a bit. Um, but we then felt as the game went on, geez, Grimes was such a, he was such an effective target man in the first half. So maybe get him back in, get the ball in earlier. You might create goal-scoring opportunities, and you know it's it's a, you're trying to you're trying to make decisions that are going to maybe change the the complexion of the game and and, and stop what's hurting you and maybe give you an extra edge. And you're dealing with a limited situation in that you are a man down. I mean, we had to pull Kieran Downey back to wing half back, uh, and that was foreign to him. Um, so, say the, the the sending off unfortunately was probably. Uh, something that that did dig very deep, and as I say, had had a major bearing on, on the outcome of the game. But in fairness, in the second half, Leitrim were full value for their money. What's other way? Yes, yes, I agree with you. And I could have been in the net, and then even I know it was late on, but Bevins won it at the post. They went down the field and scored a point from that breakaway. So there's a four-point turnaround, and if we had got that goal, it just may have made them a wee bit anxious and given us a bit more energy and momentum going forward. But Ifs and buts and what might have been, and um, when it all sort of settles, when the dust settles, we're out of the championship, and it's it's very disappointing, and it's say it's devastating, and it just rocks you right back, you know, because after the start we had and the way we were playing in the first 15-20 minutes, you would have said, "She's we are in a good thing here tonight," uh, but maybe events conspired against us up to a point. You know. I'll miss the I'll miss the crack, I'll miss the laugh the lads, you know, I've made great friends through this. Oh yeah, for being there and for the first time going going into towns, going into Ardy to Drada, um I started seeing kids wear loud jerseys and it was it was unreal to in that way it was always just about being the best the best you can be for the for the county. Again if it doesn't mean enough people now to prove that you're wrong. player in the same position, do the same thing. He's playing with fractured wrist, without even realising it. Danny, I, like, as I mentioned, I've, I've been known as David for joking. Having a goal this week, please, like he says, don't let yourselves down and you know go out in the second half and just let the shackles off. Okay? Yeah. That was probably the closest we've, we've come to, to replicating the, the success from 2010. Amy McNeely is the manager. We had a meeting with individual players you know, called in and he kind of outlined the, the plan for the year with, with Pat Morgan, Steve Reilly, and the rest They had said that you know, this, this is what we're going to do. We're going to try to do five times which is second year. Just to, to have a backlash here, so I agreed. And I said yes, absolutely. I'll, I'll be doing that. And I walked out the, I walked out the door, and I wasn't driving at the time. My, da- my dad was in the car, thinking, oh, "How am I going to train five days a week? This is, this is ludicrous. Um, this is, this is just, this is ridiculous. Like, it's, it's never going to work." And 
know, before you know it, then you can get into that routine. Completely amazing with a tune. Alright, yeah, no, I don't think you want to hear that. I suppose the number one talking point uh, from the game is. Uh, I suppose it's not even to do with the game it's to do with the management to do with Pete McGrath um, people can't see him like people are saying I can't see him in there next year does Pete want to be there next year will the county board accept him and have him back next year do the players want him back would the players play from next year um, is the respect there has he told the players already Will he tell the players in a couple of days? Is he going to stay on anyway and defy it and see there's something there and not go out like that? So there's a lot of things to be unanswered. Um, if he does go, who comes in instead of him? Who wants the job now? Do you go homegrown? Do you pick from within? Do you go for a fresh outlook? Do you uh, get some help in? Uh, who's selecting the manager what's the process of selecting a new manager or what was the selection they picked an old manager the old manager um, so there's a lot of questions that's, that's the number one talking point for me is like where does like where is the direction the senior team going regardless of loud football and the detrimental effects it has on the, as it waters the whole way down where does the like who who comes in as manager? Does peace? Stay? I can't see him staying on. To be honest, personally, I can't see him staying on. I don't think he wants to stay on. Um, but I don't. I don't want to put words in his mouth either. It's just it's hard to know. It's hard to see it. I I don't think the players want. It. I don't think the supporters want it. There's a few there tonight, um, which is which is great, and they made the trip down the back of the probably the London win and the possible possible toss of a victory against Leitrim and a big game next week that's not to be that's going to be probably talking point number three um, so that's that's talking point number one the loud the loud management situation the one that's there does he want to be there will there be a new one who picks the new one who do we go for do you go in house do you go Wayne Cairns as we mentioned he's in-house uh, do, you, do you look for Colin Alley who is there um, do you go old managers Eamon McEnany Fitz or Kelly again um, do you get someone in fresh out of the blue do you go for uh, a younger manager that's making a name for himself like Poacher coaching in Carlo um, do you go someone like say Oshie McConville's going for doing jobs in DKIT if uh, who else do you go do you look local do you, do you look at lads like Fergal Reid have done well with the Pats who was rumoured to get the job a couple of years ago um, Smiley Phillips Blues manager uh, a couple of like there's tons of names there the managerial merry-go-round could be on the swing again Um Will Pete announce something in the next couple of days? Does Pete want to be there? Will he be there? What's the repercussions? I think that's what everyone will be talking about. That's the number one talking point I take from tonight's defeat to Neutron. Talking point number two, and I'll, I'll, I'll probably get to the game, the actual talk points within the game, on talk point number four. 
look at like uh, talk about number two for me would be you look at the situation we're in where we have absolutely no aspirations within the county because of a lack of a county ground a lack of a a, a successful senior team a lack of underage teams and you contrast that with I know literally on a perennial uh, division four to four division four side like they're used to trimmings big trimmings in, in uh, Connacht to get an odd win here and there but that was their only their third qualifier win in that history you know and like I said in the match report and I'll probably be talking about number four it had an influence and an impact on the referee's decisions tonight the crowd got involved big roar right in front of the stand right in front of the stand before that a couple of incidents the game got a bit ragged and the crowd got into it and kind of forced the, the, the home team back into the game the, the partisan nature of the crowd um, and it's, just, it's, it's a fine stadium fine setup like the stand they have is, is beautiful you know it's colour coordinated it's clean they have nice symbols and they have a nice uh, respect to the to the people who donated the money um, press box is top class Wi-Fi at will comfort to watch, watch the game um, cups of tea everyone looking after you um, and you just contrast that to what we have and we don't have that and it's those little things that are slowly but surely starting to come to a head we have nearly missed the boat in terms that it's going to be another generation or two that will get the benefit but like in between what 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 do you do like at least Leitrim have that to be proud of and to cling on to and defend and fight for we don't have that we went out in the road and just told today it just there was nothing there and all the benefits of having a good home ground stood for them today they uh, probably butted up the referee in the, in the nicest possible way as well with the luxurious surroundings and butted up with buttery ham sandwiches before the game and extra tea and slices of oranges so just shows we don't have that we have the potential to have it but it's not happened and just another little just these little things go again yeah, when you're when you're down the dumps so let's talk about number two Talking point number three. I suppose it's the hope that kills you. That is what really I have to say on the way home from from Loudoun Leitrim. Like you thought, Grant, Jesus, we'll beat, we'll, we'll beat Leitrim. That's great. We could definitely beat Leitrim on the back of London, and we went to the final eight, and then we could get Leash in a draw. Oh, sorry, we win. We win next week. Get we get. Um, the winners of Offaly and Clare in the draw. Great. Beat them. Then, oh my God, we're one game away from the Super 8s. If we beat, if we get Leash, we could beat them. We could beat maybe Ross Common if we get them again. Um, possibly Fermanagh, I think we could be Fermanagh. Could be, I think Pete McGrath showdown would be Fermanagh. And then who's the last team? Cork. We played Cork already this year. Probably our best performance away then in Parky Wren against Cork. 
and then it just falls flat. You lose 10 points to Leitrim in Carrick and Shannon. When you think we could be out next Saturday night in the, the Sweet 16. So it's just, it's like I said, it's the hope that kills you. Um, you get a little bit far ahead of yourself and, and then you get bang right back down to earth. Um, defeats the Carlo in London. Or defeats the Carlo and Leitrim. And your only win this year is a win against Calera in the Oborne Cup and London in the Championship away. So just and as horrible as they say. Um, absolutely horrible year. But let's talk about number three it's the hope the hope that killed you to kill me anyway talking point number four finally the game we get to the game um, bit of soul searching before I got to the actual instance and the talking points within the game uh, I suppose the game swung on James Craven's red card. He was uh, turned over. He overcarried the ball in a crowd of players. The man marker, the man he was marking, Damien Moran, give him a shove in the back after he got turned over. A big roar that he actually turned him over. That lifted the crowd. The whole crowd roared and got got the the blood up in the in the um, Leitrim players and in sense probably James even more and when you're turned over like that you kind of like you feel vulnerable and what have you all that led to him losing the head literally just uh, just leaned his head in got right got right in front of his uh, marker Damien Moran and stuck the head in him don't think he actually did make contact but I think it's a red card for an attempted headbutt anyway and that was it that, that that was the main talking point on the actual game of itself because up until that point Loud looked relatively in control they looked composed they looked like they knew what they were doing but uh, as soon as that happened the game completely swung um, in today's game you can't really go to, you can't really afford to go down to 14 men years ago you used to get a great lift and a bounce from it uh, which we kind of did we composed ourselves and kicked two points Tommy and Woods got a free to, to, to keep restore order but as the half wound on and the game ground to a halt the numerical advantage really cost us and uh, it's a shame because he's had a good debut season as Craven from the Geraldines um, but that was it that was that's what swung the game on the field because um, just before that we lost um Ron Holcroft to a black card he's probably fouled before frustrating and trips pulls him pulls his marker down and trips him what's the cynical like I don't know this black card a couple of years on there and still having doubts over but those two incidents they kicked three points in that period and it just swung the game for uh, Leitrim where Loud was completely in control the way they completely completely lost their heads and lost the run of themselves on the game Um just couldn't respond to that um, adversity and that was it that's, that's talking point number four talking point number five has to be the response or lack of response 
to uh, to the red card. Just a complete and utter implosion. It was just it was just very hard to watch. It was unbelievable, really, and it's a massive talk point from the game. And you could think there's, there's meanings behind it, and double meanings to it, and you read between the lines and think and what what's going on and what happened. But uh, the implosion to be to lose then by ten points, having been up by five at one stage, um, that's what a fifteen point swing. Um, it was just really sad to see, and uh, just couldn't stand the tide. Uh, we kind of, we took our foot off the gas just before the black card and red card. We got we missed two goal chances, and that was that was. That was where we just kind of lost our heads a little bit. We lost an air. We get those two goal chances, need to go home, and they don't even have another kick for the rest of the year. We missed them, give them a bit of a spark. We get the black card and red card, but the implosion was just was scandalous, really. It was they kicked nine unanswered points either side of the half time whistle. They, uh, we only kicked five points in the second half, they kicked 16 points in the second half. You know, so it's just to me reading between the, the lines was the lads kind of thought, "Well, we're not going to win here now. Fuck this. Let's get this loud season over and done with." You think are they not playing for the manager? And then you look at it and think, "Right, Pete, come on, make a change, make something, make something tactical here to that gets chugging along or slow the game down." get us back into it none of this happened uh, brought on a couple of forwards but it just we were, we were lost we uh, we just couldn't respond we could not get going we couldn't we probably couldn't wait just to get the season over which is disappointing because you thought like I said talking about number 3 is the hope that kills you you go in that high lads are up for it and then you get beaten and your season's over and you, you end up being beaten by Carlo or by Leighton by 10 points so it's just uh, the absolute landslide of an uh, implosion and self-destruct button after the red card there's a massive talk by coming away from it like I said and you think oh are the, are the lads not trying is there no leadership with them in that group I don't know whether that's the case because a lot of those players have been there this past couple of seasons and they have showed leadership so is that another you read between the lines there again another level where things structures has to be in place to give them the best opportunity to show their leadership um, was that there no um, so without that structure and without the with having 14 men in the field it all compounds to it just it just it, it just shows you're chasing all over the place you're chasing all over the field you're trying desperately you're looking for gold you're forcing gold chances and then they're just picking you off they're getting you on the counter attack we're getting more frustrated we get more black cards so oh it's just a disaster it was just a disaster of a game so that's top point number five the implosion
so that's the the Laird Leitrim Talking Points um, podcast I know I mentioned on top of the pod that uh, that is the death of Laird football uh, I know I've said that already after the Carlo game don't think you can die twice unless you're a cat with nine lives so I'd say that's our fifth or sixth life now as um, Laird GA goes just the end of a, just the close of an absolute horrible year. Twelve games, twelve games this year. Seven league, three in the championship, and two in the Bourne Cup. Two wins against Kildare in the Bourne Cup and London. Ten horrible losses. I probably combined minus of a hundred points. Um. So that's like. That's that's the end of the year. That's the final closure. Good luck. No more intercounty season. Our under twenties are out. Our minors are out. Well, the minors have another game to go. The juniors are out. That was another disaster. Another missed opportunity for the county. You uh, you could have built a squad there. The, game, the final was guaranteed in Crow Park. Developed a couple of young players. That was just missed. And fair play to the players who turned up and the management who got the things together. It wasn't easy, I'd say, but uh, they still showed pride for the Lagers and putting on the strip and, and representing. Uh, but no, that's that's the end. Of the, that's the end of the dismal Loud season. Loads of treads there that have to be like tidied up, I suppose, around manager, players, county board. What, what, what next? Juvenile level development, what to come? But there's loads to look forward to. And what better way to get over the withdrawal symptoms of the inter-county season than the club? The club is always there to give you a nice warm hug after a horrible cold, dark, cold shoulder the uh, inter-county season gives you. So there's plenty to come up. There's only there's only two league, it's only two rounds of the league left, so that's hotting up there. Places are nearly been filled along the top and along the bottom. It's much tighter. Who'll go down and the relegation stakes... And then you have the championship coming up in July. Mouthwatering groups, mouthwatering games, loads of movement, loads of pretenders and contenders, I suppose, as you say. It'll be wide open across all three divisions, well, bar maybe the senior. I think everyone knows that a certain team in Drogheda more or less have it sewn up, but we'll see. That's, that's going to be the aim for everyone to chip, them, chip away at the champions. Uh, I suppose that's all I have to say and I will have loads on the club scene so it won't be the end of the We Are Loud podcast we'll have plenty there we'll have actually probably more when the club hits the fan um, getting a few ideas from all the World Cup podcasts and previews and what have you so there's plenty there plenty of potential and there's loads of good good news stories good crack even the fail is hitting the county next weekend as well that's going to be absolutely brilliant an absolute like watershed moment maybe for the underage youngsters for boys and girls around the county for football in, in this county as well so that that's another good news story once again thanks a million for tuning in if you feel like giving out or whatever or getting on to me or coming up with suggestions or wanting to get on and having a chat um, at We Are Loud on Facebook and Twitter and at We Are Loud on um, SoundCloud as well to listen to it. That's where you listen to it all. You can subscribe on iTunes as well. And then plenty of more club action. That's a guarantee. That's one promise I can make. 
So from Carrick and Shannon, I've been Daniel Bannon. You've been brilliant. Thanks for listening. Really, really appreciate it.